Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense. Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Thanks for if you can't stand there. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. It is Thursday. We're looking forward to a wonderful day in the Lord, in the kingdom. And I just want to greet you today, and thanks for tuning in and joining us on the air today. We're broadcasting live on Omega Radio, Blog Talk Radio, YouTube, and Facebook, and wherever else these videos are sent. We're going to have an amazing broadcast today. Uh, We're going to shift a little bit. You know, I I love balance. I believe that God is all about balance. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to really help us to uh, share the information that is going on in the cultural war that is going on in our nation today. There is a division within our nation. There's a division uh, within the nations of the earth, quite frankly. And it's a very disturbing time on planet earth. And yet we who believe can look through the biblical lens at the signs of the times and gain an interpretation of what is happening in the world in which we live. And if we were to compile all the information and bring all the biblical data and look at the world today and uh, see the diversity and the division, nothing wrong with diversity. God is a diverse God in the sense of, you know, creation. But the division within the diversity, the division within the nations, uh, the division that does exist today, we know that a house divided cannot stand. And so we have a lot of information in the Bible that is foretelling or forecasting what will be in the very near future. And today we're going to talk about it. Yesterday and for many, many years, we've always 
brought in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the greatness of Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Savior of the world. He is either loved or he is hated or he is disregarded by some and we just know that that polarization is getting stronger and stronger, that the middle ground uh, is being wiped out, and people are either going to fall all in with Yeshua, Jesus Christ, or they're going to be all the way out. And this, this engaged spiritual battle is going to intensify, which is going to bring an intensification of the battle here on earth in the natural world in the physical realm in which we live. So what I would like to do is I'm going to wait for just a little bit longer for some of our friends to join us on YouTube and Facebook. Hopefully you'll get the message out there, and we want to make sure we're broadcasting on both right now. It's super important for where we're going today. And we're going to be sharing some other uh, commentaries about this moment today. So as we're saying good morning to our friends on uh, Blog Talk Radio, I see a few numbers out there that I'm familiar with, and I want to say good morning to all of you that are there, and I want to say good morning to our friends on Facebook and YouTube. But uh, I'm noticing a little flashing stream, so let me do a little correction here because uh, this seems a little bit abnormal right now, um, what's going on within our studio, and I'm not sure why, but I think we're okay. And on Facebook and YouTube, let me even do a refresh on that right now. And let's see how we do in the, in the refresh. All right. We're reconnected. I believe we're reconnected. All right. Well, good morning once again. Um, we're broadcasting live. We should be on Blog Talk Radio, YouTube, Facebook, and Omega Radio. And it's good to be with you this morning. So why such a turmoilous start? I can feel it in the atmosphere, even before coming on the air, because intensification of what we're going to be talking about today. So I want to get a message out to our friends on Facebook and YouTube that we are tuning in. And so we'll look forward to waiting for, for that to be taking place as well. So let me read some scripture to us. For those of you that are with us, and I, again, I apologize for what's happening um, in Luke chapter 21, ooh, I can feel the pressure. Here we go. So good morning. Uh, I see some friends on YouTube calling in. Carol, good morning to you. Uh, if anybody's on Facebook right now and you can hear us on Facebook, would you please uh, comment in the, um, in the comment chat room uh, on Facebook? We want to make sure that this is going live on Facebook right now. Um, Super important that we get the information out on every platform we can. It was so funny uh, when when things went south <laughs> about five minutes ago. The the light here because it's everything is so compact. The light was kind of falling in this way, and uh, it, was, it was like a very challenging moment. So if you're on Facebook right now, would you please comment and just let us know? I'm waiting for that. I see YouTube is listening and. Uh, watching just a few folks right now. We had to go off the air for a minute. I said we'd be back at 930. Uh, all right, loud and clear. All right, Charlotte Gotch, thank you so much for that. So everything's working now uh, with our camera and our, our audio. And uh, friends on Blog Talk Radio, if you could, if there's, if we're coming through loud and clear on Blog Talk Radio, would you please just give a little press one on the dial pad 
and I'll know that you are just giving us a thumbs up, a thumbs up on Blog Talk Radio just by pressing one on your dial pad, and we'll make sure that we're getting through loud and clear there. So uh, I'm not seeing on Blog Talk Radio yet anybody that has a one. Can you press one on the dial pad and just say, yeah, we're hearing you loud and clear? And so we'll wait for that to happen. Um, I see a couple of numbers up there right now, and but I don't see anybody pressing one. If you can do that, that would be terrific. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. Um, what are we going to do? Let me read some scripture. Luke chapter 21, verse 34. All right. I appreciate that on Blog Talk Radio for the thumbs up. Got it. All right. So Luke chapter 21, verse 34. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. The admonition of Jesus, the prayer, uh, the things that he spoke to all of us, okay, all who believe in him, is that we should pray to be found worthy to escape everything that's coming upon this earth. And just above in Luke chapter 21, verse 26, it says that men's hearts will be failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Now, we know that according to Scripture, the things that are coming are not just tornadoes and hurricanes and comets and asteroids, but maybe there's another thought about what's coming on the earth against God's people. You see, Jesus was talking to his followers. He was talking to believers. And he was saying to them that in the last days, there are things that are going to transpire upon this earth, and you need to be prepared for them. And you need to pray that your heart will not melt with fear for what you see coming. And you said, well, what would that be? And I believe that there is some insight to where things are going right now in the world. And it's way beyond American government. It's way beyond globalism. It's deeper than all of those things. There is something that is stirring in the underworld. And if I were to describe it, you know, there's a monster under the bed. There's a monster in the closet. And yet this is not a vain imagination. There is an understanding by the Spirit of the Lord that in the underground, there are stirrings within the demonic realm that there is a movement beneath our feet that is stirring. Something is awakening in the realm of the spirit and the people on planet earth, those who have been captivated by it mentally, emotionally already been blinded and taken by this spirit have been useful to the darkness, but there is something ready to transpire. You get that sense, you get that feeling everywhere you look. And for the most part, we don't want to look. We don't want to look under the bed to see if the monster's there. We want to cover ourselves in a blanket. We don't want to open the door in the closet. We, again, we just want to hide from what we fear. 
okay, that's in the darkness. And the reality is, is that there is a great darkness, a, a darkness that the scripture said would be so deep, so gross, that this darkness would envelop and it would can take over anything that it comes into contact with. And so Jesus is telling the disciples of Christ from generation to generation, always pray that you'll be found worthy to escape so that your heart doesn't melt for fear for what is coming upon the earth. And in these last days, there are things coming that are beyond what happened in the first 300 years of the church age, for example, uh, the Roman persecution against believers through Nero and Domitian and other emperors of that time and Christians being tossed into the lion's den and the Colosseums of Rome and being made sport of. And we can go back in church history and find that there have been horrific moments that God's kids have been the instrument uh, of attack. They have been the object of the satanic um, hatred and violence and so on and so forth. We're living at the end of the end of the age. We are the final generation on this earth, and we are witnessing, when we look through the biblical lens, all this end-time Bible prophecy that's being fulfilled around us, there is a darkness coming. And I'm just going to share just a little bit of that right now. And I'm gonna, I, I lost this before, so I'm gonna, I need to do it uh, again. So let me just find this again. And here it is. So I want to share this with you. And I'm going to bring it out right here for just a moment. And I want to share it on the screen for those that could see with me on Facebook and YouTube. And so this was a, I'm pretty sure this is the one I want right here. Yeah. So let me share it. And I want you to hear this very loud, very clear. Um, because these are perhaps some of the things that um, are what Jesus was speaking about, about fearful things coming upon the earth. And you may say immediately by hearing this, well, why would we be afraid of that? But I want you to listen very closely. It's going to take a few minutes. I'll break in, and then I want to share something else with you. So here it is. I'm going to give this full place here. Let me give it the full screen. And I want to get out of the way, and here we go. So here is Tucker Carlson on June 15th talking about some very incredible things. And for those of you that are tuned in right now, I hope this is a blessing. We should have waited because I think people are waiting for 930 um, to rejoin us on the air. And maybe we will uh, wait for just a little bit. Um, <clears throat> no, let's go for it. I could always do it again. So here it is. Listen carefully. This weekend, police in Columbus, Georgia, arrested a 35 9-year-old man called Justin Tyron Roberts. Over the course of a single day, Roberts shot five separate people in two different states. We know this happened because Roberts has admitted he did it. He also said why he did it. In his confession, police say Roberts explained that throughout his life, specifically white males had taken from him. He decided to kill them. In one case, Robert walked up behind a white man, a total stranger, as he was getting out of his car, and shot him back. By any definition, these were crimes of viciousness motivated by race hate. They're not unique in this country, not by a long shot. If we wanted to, and we don't want to, we could do a whole show on crimes like these. Nor are they especially surprising, really, when you think about it. If you really believed what the Democratic Party and BLM were telling you, that white males are intentionally destroying the world, you might be motivated to hurt someone. Why wouldn't you? What 
deleting every newscast tonight. Needless to say, he did not. In fact, maybe the last time he hears him on television. And on one level, honestly, that is fine with us. Picking at the wound, America's wound, is unwise. We've always thought that. We think it more now than ever. A multiracial country can only survive if it self-consciously de-emphasizes race. If it treats every person as an individual and not a member of some larger group that's guilty or innocent. So that should be the goal. That's our history. And we ought to get back to it as soon as we can. But that is exactly the opposite of what our leaders are doing. They're working hard to divide us into warring camps and they're using lies to do it. They're telling us a story that is completely and very much intentionally disconnected from reality. They're claiming that something called white supremacy, and that's a term they never define, is the single greatest threat we face, a greater threat than al-Qaeda or ISIS. Here's our thoroughly craven attorney general telling us that very lie today. In the FBI's view, the top domestic violence extremist threat comes from racially or ethnically motivated violence extremists, specifically those who advocate for the superiority of the white race. All right, that's the Attorney General of the United States making a statement of facts backed up by the FBI. So it's fair to ask obvious questions. Who exactly are these violent white supremacists? What are their names? What crimes under the U.S. Code have they committed? We still don't know. Merrick Garland didn't tell us today. Instead, he spent most of his time talking about the riot at the Capitol on January 6th, an event that had nothing whatsoever to do with race. Nothing. But Merrick Garland lied about that. He, like most people you see on television, wants you to believe and wants history to report that January 6th was an attempted insurrection by white supremacist revolutionaries bent on taking over this country. We came this close, Merrick Garland said, and that's why, quote, we must adopt a broader societal response to tackle the problem's deeper roots. So because of January 6th, because the chief law enforcement officer in the United States of America and many other members of Joe Biden's cabinet, we must now use law enforcement and military force to arrest, imprison, and otherwise crush anyone who leads opposition to Joe Biden's government. That's their position. They say that out loud. They did today. So what is this exactly? Well, it's a big change in the way the United States government assesses and then treats its own citizens. We are living through the transformation of a formerly democratic republic into something else. We're looking at growing authoritarianism. That's not an overstatement. Vladimir Putin knows authoritarian systems very well, and he sees clearly what is happening in this country. Watch this. Did you order Alexei Navalny's assassination? Of course not. We don't have this kind of habit of assassinating anybody. That's one. Number two is I want to ask you, did you order the assassination of the woman who walked into the Congress and who was shot and killed by a policeman? Do you know that 450 individuals were arrested after entering the Congress and they didn't go there to steal a laptop? They came with political demands. Okay. So, yeah. We just played tape of Vladimir Putin. Now, under normal circumstances, he would never play tape of a foreign adversary criticizing our government. But honestly, those are fair questions. Who did shoot Ashley Babbitt, and why don't we know? Are anonymous federal agents now allowed to kill unarmed women who protest the regime? That's okay now? No, it's not okay. You don't ever be okay. And why are all those January 6th protesters still in prison on trespassing charges? There's so many Biden voters who court federal voters walking free. What's the answer to that question? If all of 
January 6th, why are there still so many things, basic factual matters that we don't understand about that day? Why is the Biden administration preventing us from knowing? Why is the administration still hiding more than 10,000 hours of surveillance tape from the U.S. Capitol on January 6th? What could possibly be the reason for that? Even if they call for more openness, we need to get to the bottom of it. They could release those tapes today, but they're not. Why? We ought to be asking those questions urgently. The Attorney General reminded us today a lot depends on the answer. And at least one news organization is asking that. Revolver News is a new site that turned out to be one of the last honest outlets on the internet. A new piece on Revolver.news suggests an answer to some of these questions. We know that the government is hiding the identity of many law enforcement officers who were present at the Capitol on January 6th, not just the ones who served actually battled. According to the government's own court filing, those law enforcement officers participated in the riot, sometimes in violent ways. We know that because without fail, the government has thrown the book at most people who are present in the Capitol on January 6th. It was a nationwide dragnet to find them, and many of them are still in solitary confinement. But strangely, some of the key people who participated on January 6th have not been charged. Look at the documents. The government calls those people unindicted co-conspirators. What does that mean? Well, it means that in potentially every single case, they were FBI officers. Really? In the Capitol on January 6th. For example, one of those unindicted co-conspirators is someone government documents identify only as person two. According to those documents, person two stayed in the same hotel room as a man called Thomas Caldwell, an insurrectionist, a man alleged to be a member of the group, the Oath Person two also, quote, stormed the barricade at the Capitol on January 6th alongside Thomas Caldwell. The government's indictments further indicate that Caldwell, who, by the way, is a 65-year-old man, this dangerous insurrectionist, was led to believe there would be a, quote, quick reaction force also participating on January 6th. That quick reaction force, Caldwell was told, would be led by someone called Person 3, who had a hotel room and an accomplice with him. But wait. Here's the interesting thing. Person 2 and Person 3 were organizers of the riots. The government knows who they are, but the government has not charged them. Why is that? You know why. They were almost certainly working for the FBI. So FBI operatives were organizing the attack on the Capitol on January 6th, according to government documents. And those two are not alone. In all, Revolver News reported there are, quote, upwards of 20 unindicted co-conspirators in the Oath Keeper indictment, all playing various roles in the conspiracy, who have not been charged for virtually the exact same activity, and in some cases, much, much more severe activity, as those named alongside them in the indictment. So it turns out that this white supremacist insurrection was, again, by the government's own admission in these documents, organized in least in part by government agents. Are you shocked? We're shocked. We shouldn't be shocked. Because in March, the FBI director admitted that the Bureau was infiltrating as many dissident groups that opposed the regime as it possibly can. There must be long for you to think if we would have known, uh, if we could have. Uh, infiltrated this group or found out what they were doing, and that do you, do you have those moments? So anytime there's an attack, especially one that's this horrific, that strikes right at the heart of our system of government, right at the time of transfer of power is being discussed, 
you can be darn to <laughs> that we are focused very, very hard on how can we get better sources, better information, better analysis, so that we can make sure that something like what happened on January 6th never happens again. Well, wait a second. There's a huge difference between using an informant to find out what a group you find trending might do and paying people to help organize a violent action, which is what happened. Apparently, according to government documents on January 6th, that's a line, and the FBI has crossed it, and it's not the first time they crossed that line initially. Remember that plot to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer? We heard a lot about that, and Whitmer was able to cover some of her own incompetence, but not all, by pointing to the fact that she's now a victim. Now, when the FBI is telling me that plot, a whole team of insurrectionists is going to drive a van up to Gretchen Whitmer's vacation and throw her in the back and drive away. The mastermind of this plot, according to the FBI, was a man called Adam Fox. Who was Adam Fox? Adam Fox turned out to be a homeless guy who was living in the basement of a vacuum repair shop. Quite a gorilla. The whole story was a farce. It was insulting, really, once you got to the details, which outlets like the EP didn't bother with, supposedly. But if you read the government's charging documents carefully, and you should, you will see that it gets even more ridiculous. It turns out that one of the five people in the plan direction kidnap man was an FBI agent in the van. Another was an FBI informant. And the defense admitted in these documents that an informant or undercover agent was, quote, usually present in the group's meeting. In other words, using simple math, which we can do even on cable news, nearly half the gang of kidnappers were working for the FBI. Remember the guy who suggested using a bomb to blow up a bridge as part of that plot? That guy had a lot of coverage. That guy was an undercover FBI agent. Okay. So if you're wondering why they're always comparing January 6th to 9-11, there's your answer. They're using the same tactics. And a lot of us missed this the first time around, and you are due an apology, and we're offering an apology right now. We didn't see the obvious. If you empower the government to violate civil liberties in pursuit of a foreign terror organization, and there are foreign terror organizations, it's just a matter of time before ambitious politicians use those same mechanisms to suppress political dissent. And that's what we're seeing now. We should have seen it earlier. Trevor Aronson wrote a book on this called The Terror Factor, and it analyzed every terror prosecution from 2001 to 2015. Aronson found that at least 50 defendants were on trial because of the behavior that the FBI had not only encouraged but enabled. FBI agents were essentially the plotters in these crimes. They made the crimes crimes. In 2012, a writer for the Nation called Petro Bartosi. Kevin. Yes.
from our experience with international terrorism. In order to address that problem, arresting low-level operatives is merely a speed bump, not a roadblock. In order to round up sitting members, duly democratically elected members of Congress because they oppose the regime, even Vladimir Putin's not doing that. And there's a former assistant director of the FBI calling for it on television and no one noticed it. Then we're rounding people up. How about rounding up the FBI operatives that rioted on January 6th? What did identify the guy who shot Ashley Babbitt to death? This is crazy, and we should resist it. Your immediate heads up revolver news. Glad to be right there. Thanks so much for coming on. It sounds like, according to... All right. So that was just a little bit of information that was, I thought, very important to begin the dialogue of what Jesus was actually warning and, and cautioning his believers that they should be praying that they would be found worthy to escape the things that are coming on the earth. And the thing that I see in my spirit, in my mind's eye, and I believe it's sanctified, is that the underworld, that dark monster under the bed, that monster in the closet, is not an imaginary uh, monster. It's a very real monster, and there's no greater monster in Scripture than the devil himself. And it appears that there's going to be an appearing of this monster known as the beast or the Antichrist or the little horn or one of the other uh, descriptions that are given to him. But we know ultimately that this is Lucifer, and we know that there's a release into the earth of this demonic spirit that is going to take possession of all power globally around the world and begin a great tribulation against those who profess to know and believe in God. Um, And what we're witnessing right now is kind of shuddering in the sense that, my God, you know, I'm hiding under the covers, I'm hiding under the blanket, but I keep hearing the noises under my bed. I'm wide awake. I'm not, you know, uh, dreaming. Uh, I, I, there's movement in the closet, so to speak, and, and we're seeing that when we see a, um, in, in the United States of America, this present administration is calling for the, anybody that was a uh, participant in the January 6th gathering in Washington, D.C., to come under some sort of an investigation because they are the problem now. I have another video for you to show the hypocrisy of what's going on. And I don't know if I'll be able to uh, get it for you in time, but I had it. And uh, let me do this. Uh, Children. You won't believe it, and yet it needs to be said. Let's see if I can get it up here. Uh, Right here, and let's see if I can't get it. Uh, we don't want to go there, but let's see. So th- I'll just give you the article, okay? They actually have, and I, I saw this on a, on a program this morning. I was looking into some things um, out of something called Tommy's Garage. And here's the deal. A private school in Manhattan, New York, has received complaints from parents after it was revealed that first graders being taught sex education lessons that included masturbation. School administrators of the 55 thousand dollar per year Dalton school told parents that they had misinterpreted the curriculum of teacher Justin Ang Font, the New York Post first reported. A video titled Help Kids Learn Their Body Parts of a Cartoon, and that's what I want to really show you. Here is the 
All right, so I'm going to show you this. Let me just kind of narrow things down. And uh, let me share the screen with you one more time. And I'll, I'll get to my points here. I know it's been not easy to do this today, but here we go. So here is the video. And I'll turn it loose. And here's what your kids are being taught. And we go. Do you notice that when you say pee-pee, you giggle, but when you say penis, you say it in a serious voice? I never noticed that before. Some children and adults feel uncomfortable when they talk about their private parts, so they make up cute or funny names for them. What's one for a girl's private part? public school, or was it a private school? Um, this is the cartoon. And so when we were talking yesterday and the day before about the month of shame in June for the LGBTQ communities parade around the world with their yearly agenda, and this year's agenda is get to the children, well, law enforcement is opening doors. And while there's some resistance, you watch and see in days ahead that these are the videos that are training first graders, okay? These are first grade children being taught to masturbate, and this is the world in which we live. And yet, while this is being promoted around the world, while this is acceptable behavior around the world towards little children, it's just one part of a massive conspiracy to uh, bring those, the sodomite spirits back into our nation and around the world, it's, you know, this, this is what is so disturbing, and this is what is so fearful, if you really want to understand, why isn't our government and our nation protecting our most innocent children, and yet they're spending so much energy and calling for domestic terrorists who showed up at a rally in Washington, D.C. that walked in some people, a, a 
a few, walked into a, the Congress, and yet they're so outraged over that, but they're not outraged over this that's going on over here. And again, it's utter guttural hypocrisy. It is a sign of the times of calling good evil and evil good. It is a moment in the history of the world that things have taken a very sharp turn to the left predominantly. And the people that are moral and normal and, and uh, right-thinking people that understand virtue and values and principles, you, don't, you know, it's not within the principled behavior of moral people to subjugate first grade children at the age of four, five, and six years old to this kind of thinking. Um, you know, it's just not the wise thing to do. But when it's an agenda of the LGBTQ community to capture the minds of the children, to create a, a society in the future, to forward motion this abominable behavior, according to God's word, this abomination. Uh, that draws the wrath of God, that draws judgment upon the nation. So the people that are rallying around a president who is standing for more virtuous, more moral uh, thinking and wanting to stand up and do what is right and protect the children and put an end to abortion and fight against all that leftist ideology uh, of the liberal left. So we made, or what they're doing is making the people that once understood the virtues, the values, the, the moral foundation and constitutional realities in our nation, they are now the enemy, especially if they are white. They are now the enemy, and they need to be arrested by the white FBI director and the white people that are, you know, siding with the leftist ideology, and, and it's so true. I was there January 6th. I was there. There were whites, there were blacks, there were Mexicans, there were Asians. We were all there together under one banner. It had nothing to do with racism. What happened on January 6th had nothing to do with racism. And you just heard Tucker Carlson saying that the FBI was more involved in, in bringing that whole thing into the open to try to draw people that were right wing or supporters of Donald Trump or were more nationalist and people that cared about the virtues and values of the American society, um, you know, things that were morally correct, that were more lawful to be the right way, laws protecting us from the ills of society. Do you remember that in just a generation ago, Okay. Within, within the context of this generation, do you remember so many years ago that it was you went to prison for committing a homosexual act? Do you remember? We've talked about it many times on this broadcast, but do you remember this? Because, again, this program is designed to get you back to reality and, and understand the darkness that is enveloping the minds of the masses all over the world right now. But do you remember that there were actual prison sentences for people who committed a homosexual act. And the founding fathers actually called for the death penalty, and not all of them, but there were those who said, anybody that commits this kind of abomination within our nation, we're going to create a law that not only are going to go to prison, but they're going to die for it. And then in the 1950s and 1960s, while the law still existed against sodomy, their anti-sodomy laws that were once protecting our society, 
um, if you went to prison for an act of homosexuality and you committed a, uh, a homosexual act in prison, they added five years to your sentence. So there was a time within our generation, the generation that we now live in, that it was illegal to commit an act you went to prison for. Did you know that it was illegal you would go to prison to have an abortion within this nation, within our generation? It was illegal. There were laws protecting our society from shedding innocent blood, the most innocent blood that we could ever imagine is the blood of a fetus that is not yet formed, that needs to be protected in the womb of a mother, that life that is being formed in the womb, made of blood, cells, tissue, not yet fully formed, and yet the word of God says that before you were formed, I knew you. Before you were knit together in your mother's womb. In other words, the most innocent life that needs to be protected is the blood, the cell, and the tissue in the, in the realm of a fetus. And you say, why is it true? Because the Bible, again, declares that life is in the blood. So where there is blood, there is life. And so within a fetus, where there is blood, cell, and tissues, that is life. And it is the most vulnerable. It's at the moment of becoming. And to destroy that was against the laws Uh, was against the law in the United States because there was an understanding in a more moral people, a more virtuous people at that time, never perfect, but more understanding of what was morally right, that you don't saturate your society with the shedding of innocent blood. Uh, It was against the law to have pornography within our nation. You, You went to prison for pornography. You had a jail sentence for pornography. It was outlawed. So there, within our generation, there was a, a knowledge, a moral knowledge, that we don't kill little babies in the womb. We don't shed innocent blood. Uh, we don't allow for the uh, men-on-men thing and the women-on-women thing, and we didn't allow people to change their body from a man to a woman. Uh, we did, we, pedophiles went to prison for touching a little child. And so that was the, the norm, and people in our society within our generation just a little few years ago rejoiced when the bad guys were caught, when a bad guy did something uh, in, in the realm of what we just spoke of, and they were caught, they went to prison, and the society went, phew, we don't want that in our society. We don't want to uh, penetrate the minds of our little children and to accept this behavior. This is outlawed behavior. And a lot of people that are growing up in the 1970s and 80s, 1990s, you know, even in the young 2000s, they think that society has always been the way it is now and that these heroic frontline warriors of the leftist agenda to, you know, be outspoken and now tell little first graders the truth about their vulva and their penis and what they should do to touch it and masturbate it and make it feel good. I mean, that in a normal society, would be absurd. In a normal society, it is pure insanity to shed innocent blood in a woman's womb. It is sheer insanity in a normal society for a man to be with another man sexually, doing the grotesquest of things, 
and a woman to be with a woman and a man to turn his body into a woman and vice versa. This was absurd lunacy in a normal society. In a normal society, we didn't want the projections of Mr. Alfred Kinsley and his pedophilia homosexual uh, tendencies to cause a pornographic reality to come upon the scene in America. It was absurdity. It was outlawed. We were protected from it, and we were better for it, and we were the greatest nation on the face of the earth, and we had moral values that catapulted us above all the nations of the earth, and we were strong. And yet what has happened within the context of this generation is that we allowed, the church allowed, the church went to sleep, the ecclesia went to sleep, the people of God went to sleep because they were given the prosperity gospel, the gospel of gain. They were shown how to become successful in a world only if you will shut your mouth and ignore what is going on in politics. You Christians don't want to be involved in politics anyways. You don't need to be involved in decision making. You don't need to be outraged by what we're going to incrementally bring forth into your society. So we're going to give you wealth. We're going to give you money, but we want you to come down off the watchman's wall, and we no longer want you to declare what you see from a biblical perspective because you're a watchman for the things of God, not for yourself. So when these things were coming, the watchmen were gone. They were getting big stages, limelights, lots of people, and lots of money, and they got very wealthy, And they just turned a blind eye and they turned a deaf ear and they shut their mouths and they got involved in telling people the nice stories, but they never balanced the word of God. They didn't preach the truth. They weren't doing what Ephesians said we were all to do, which was to expose what was in the darkness. It was so hideous. You don't even talk about it, but we're to expose it. Well, the church stopped exposing things a long time ago and a tiny little remnant continued to cry out, but they were known as the loons, the doomers, the, the doomsdayers. You know, go away, doomsdayer prophet Jeremiah. Go away, David Wilkerson. Go away, they would say to the uh, Romanian prophet Dimitri Dunin. Go away, you conspiracy theorists. Go away. And so the, the avalanche of insanity, of debauchery, of dege- degeneracy, the avalanche of immorality and unrighteousness and the politicization or the politicalization of all this immorality is now legislated into a society that it's now legal, and anybody that comes against it is now the enemy of the state. Can you imagine that? A generation ago, in a more moral nation, if these people, but these people did, and the church went to sleep, and now the whole idea is to awaken the church. Come on, church, wake up, wake up, wake up but they have struck fear in the ecclesia by ex- in, in insisting that, hey, if you don't behave yourself, we're going to come to your house and take you away, and all that you have is going to be gone because we don't want you to be a truth speaker. We don't want you to expose the hypocrisy that is so obvious. And so where does it ultimately lead? Where, does this, where is this going? The Joe Biden, he, you know and I know Joe Biden is a shell of a man. He does not exist. He, he likes eating ice cream, following the script as long as he can, and once he's off script, he loses it. He is not fit to be the true president of the United States. Everybody knows this. Even Kamala Harris knows this. Kamala Harris is waiting in the background 
for Joe to go bye-bye and she to come to power for the comrades all over the world, the globalists and the communists, the socialists and all the other ill-willed, agended individual that hate God, hate Jesus Christ, hate Christianity. And I'm telling you that they are going to bring forth what Jesus said, pray that you be worthy to escape the things that are coming that are going to cause men's heart to melt in fear for what they see coming upon this earth. And if you're not seeing the previews and the foreshadows of what is coming in this country, then you are either dead or you are deep into the darkness and you're just hiding under the blankets, knowing that the monster's in the closet and the monster's under the bed, but you don't want to deal with that reality. So you want to cover yourself and you want to turn on a little flashlight and read one of your Boy Scout stories or some other story or do whatever else you do under the covers. So we don't want to know the truth, the disturbing truth of the monster in the closet. And he's not in the closet anymore. The monsters of today are not in the closet anymore. It's not a child's vain imagination. It is a reality that is revealing itself all around the world. And you and I, Christians in America, 2021, you and I, who are followers of the more conservative right, the Republican Party. Now, as Christians, we know that our king is in heaven. We don't follow any man, really, as a born-again, spirit-filled Christian. My, my, my territory is the kingdom of God, and so is yours. We have an eternal reality. We have a king. We don't look to any man. We follow him. That's what makes us the best citizens in any society. Not because we are silent on horrible issues. Not because we turn a blind eye and, and, and a deaf ear and, and just walk away and ignore what's going on in the evil. No, Christians in any society never did that. What Christians were to do was to proclaim the glory of Christ the righteousness of God, the light of truth, and to shout out from the rooftops when evil was present so that the light would expose it. No, what made Christians the best citizens in every and any society when it was a normal society is that they had love in their hearts, that they were the preservers of morality and truth and light and wisdom of Jesus Christ, not their own. What made Christians the greatest is that they didn't shoot and kill people. They did not rob people. They did not steal. They did not lie. They did not cheat. They did not break into homes. They did not do these evil things. Christians were the greatest citizens in a normal society, and that's what made America great was our Christianity. Now, when Christians go blind, when Christians go deaf, when Christians go mute, when Christians no longer advocate for what is right because they're being pressured and persecuted and told you need to shut up and sit down and go away, well, that's when Christianity becomes good for nothing but to be trodden under the foot of men. And what is being prepared right now is a treading down of Christianity in the streets of America and around the world, but in this country. And that is the truth. There's a treading down. When Christians are silent on issues, evil prevails. And you and I are witnessing 
the acceleration of wicked, evil, demonic tactics and agendas. As long as Christians are quiet and cooperate and don't get involved and get out of the way, you'll be okay. Go live your big, happy, prosperous life. You'll die soon anyways. If you speak up, then you become the enemy. If you stand up, you are the enemy. If you seek to stand in the gap to bring the moral righteousness and truth of Jesus Christ into this society, if you shine light on our darkness, we will hate you like you have never been hated before. In other words, in a normal society, Christians are accepted, appreciated, and valued. In an abnormal society like Sodom and Gomorrah, Christians are not welcome here unless you want to stand at the gate and go to your house every night and and just shut up and get out of the way. We'll let you live, Mr. Lot and Mrs. Lot. But don't you dare start bringing angels into this equation. Don't you dare bring light into this equation because if you do, there's going to be a war, a war between light and darkness. And you know what's so funny about that? That's exactly what's supposed to happen. The darkness has never overcome the light. The Bible says the darkness has never overcome the light. So for light to bow down, for light to go away, for light to be covered under a bushel is the greatest deception that could ever happen. So you have to appreciate every person that's out there that's still shining the light on the obvious darkness going on within our society. And if it doesn't bother you that the leftist agenda and the LGBTQ agenda is coming after your children and your grandchildren, then there's something really wrong with you. And you say, well, they're not going to touch my kids. Watch and see what they bring down the pike. Watch and see the legislation. Watch and see how violent. They shall become the left, the homosexual agenda, BLM, Antifa, all these different globalist groups, antichrist groups, all of these groups that advocate for an agenda that is totally contrary to the agenda of Christ. That once America embraced as a Judeo-Christian nation, hailing the Ten Commandments, the teachings of Jesus Christ, and the people in a normal society thought this is the greatest Ever. And we were. We were the greatest. The time is now at hand. Joe Biden, sir, this man, the, I would wish that you even got a sent, just a moment to, to hear. I had a dream that you won the election 14 months before you ever came into the office. God gave me a dream of you with a blue suit, a blue tie. And he showed me that you had won. And I knew that you were going to win. But there was something deadly wrong, Joe. There was something wrong. In the dream that I had, you had won. But you were were terrified. There was something deeply disturbing. Now that the dream has come to pass, and I'm looking at you, and I do see, I see beyond the veneer into into your heart, you are a terrified man. You are unnerved because you know they're coming for you. You say, who's coming for me? You know they 
are coming for you. Whether it's the people that are around you that can't wait for you to get out of the way, to take over your position of power, or whether it's the people that you are allowing the people around you to push around. You see, because what we know is that you're not in control, Joe. We know that whatever remaining narrative you had from 25, 30, 40 years ago in your political journey is, are the remains of, of something, the leftovers of something that doesn't matter anymore. Your new ideology, your new conversation, your new narrative is being directed by those around you. And they really are using you as a puppet. And they're protecting you because they now have you as a hostage because your son, your family, you, all the crazy things you do, they're protecting you right now. But Joe, you know that there's going to be a breach in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, whatever's left down there, you know that there's going to be a breach. And they're coming for you. Maybe it's the demonic spirits that are coming for your soul to take you into everlasting damnation. Whoever it is that's coming, you know they're coming. So you're now getting your forces and your security as strong as it could possibly be. You are afraid, Joe. And that's why you're allowing people to tell you that if somebody shows up to support their president at a rally, they need to be taken care of. Joe, you would only dream It would be your wildest fantasy to have a million people show up at anything you do. But the fact of the matter is they won't. They never have and they never will show up for you. You are a puppet. You are under protection. You have been held hostage. You have been bribed. And that's your reality. But I would say to you, sir, you need to run for your life to the genuine Christ of the cross You need to repent. You need to confess. You need to call upon somebody that can help you because the people around you are not helping you. They are leading you and guiding you into the dark and stark world. You see, this is what I know. See, Joe, because I was given the dream. I don't know too many other people that had a dream, and I spoke about the dream for over a year. Joe Biden will win this election, blue suit, blue tie. And how were you inaugurated? Blue suit, blue tie. See, God gave me access to your heart. It won't end well without salvation, Joe. These people around you don't care about salvation. Maybe you don't either. That's between you and God. But they're coming for you. You may have pushed against the wrong people in this country. And you're allowing the Garland Merricks, Kamala Harris's, you're allowing these leftists that are in positions of power to now threaten the majority of the population of the United States of America who love this country, they're called patriots, Joe. There are some Christians left that have some moral backbone, but you're pushing and they're coming for you. And Nancy Pelosi, they're coming for you. And Jerry Nadler, they're coming for you. And Chuck Schumer, they're coming for you. 
I'm just the messenger. I'm telling you, they're coming for you. And you all know it. You all know it. You don't live a, a quiet, peaceful life anymore. Inside of you, you are unnerved. You are terrified. You are full of pride and arrogance and deception, no doubt. But deep down at night, you know they're coming for you. And when they come, your nightmare, your greatest fear will be realized. Because in reality, you are evil. You are wicked people that promote the abominable things going on in our society that were condemned within our generation. They used to be outlawed. They were not accepted. You are the ones who have pressed for where we are in our society today. So you will be held accountable in the highest court, a court higher than your own, and that is reality. So having said that, that's just simple, basic truth, simple, basic truth. But let's get back to Christians today. Christians, you are called as a Christian to be the light of the world, and you are called to be the salt of the earth, the preservers of what is right. That's what salt does. It preserves. And what are we preserving? The gospel. Christianity is not about compromising, and it's not about capitulating, tolerating, accepting, becoming part of a society that is sinning against God. If you're a true Christian, you know that your responsibility is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature under heaven. And the only way to preach the good news is to show people how dark things are and then show them the light, to show them that they have broken the laws of God and are on the wide road that leads to destruction. The day the church stops showing the world that they are being led into total eternal destruction is the day that the church ceases to be useful to the Lord. And in a society like ours, God will allow judgment to begin in the house of God. So how does this conversation make you feel? Men's hearts failing them for fear and looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Well, I'll tell you what's coming on the earth. Persecution. It's going back to the book of Hebrews, where all their goods were taken away. They went to prison. They were scattered all over the world. Persecution. Persecution. Now, if you behave yourself and be quiet and don't shine your light, and don't preserve in our new society the values of the gospel of the kingdom. Just be a good little boy, a good little girl. Shut up, sit down, go, go and live your best life now kind of thing. If you do that, we won't put as much pressure on you. But you need to know, Christian, if you do that, you have been eradicated and blotted out of the book of life. Your name is erased. You are not saved. You may think you are but you are not saved. Christians that capitulate, that compromise, lose their love for God, Christians who live in fear and offense and are going to betray one another and hate one another, they're not saved. Don't even call yourself a Christian anymore. 
You see, it's going to the direction of one way or the other. And you have to stand up in either camp. Whatever camp you're a part of, you have to stand up and tell the truth. And if we do that and we tell people the reality and what is being said is true here, and and if you don't agree that abortion is evil, then we need to have a discussion from God's perspective. If you don't believe that homosexuality and the entirety of the LGBTQ community agenda is evil, if you don't believe it's evil, then we need to sit down and have a biblical discussion. And so it is with all sin. We're talking about legislating in a society laws that promote what God condemns. So the left's war is not against me. They can say anything they want against me. It's not against you, the Christian, that's speaking the truth. The left's hatred, animosity, enmity, war, violence is against God himself. If we are speaking his word in love and telling the truth, now men love darkness rather than light, and they would not come to the light lest their deeds would be exposed because they love the darkness. Some people say the same exact thing that I'm saying in a totally different way. There are comedians out there that say things, the same thing. They're saying the same truth, but they're doing it with humor. And other people tell the same truth in a different way. This is who I am. This is who God made me to be. And this is the truth that I speak, and I believe it's true. It's God's word. And because we are doing these things in our society We get to that moment now where it's accountability time. Today is June 17th. In three days, summer begins. The scriptures have some things to say about summer. Two years, we've been proclaiming a summer of violence. We saw a real summer of violence last year. And before that, we saw some violence as well. But I believe the summer of violence this year is going exponential. I believe those two forces we talked about, the unstoppable force and the immovable object, are about to collide. And I believe that what the Spirit of the Lord wants to say is, you've got to understand what's right and what's wrong, what's dark and what's light. You, if you don't separate it, if somehow you're thinking, well, I understand why they're teaching first graders to masturbate. If you go there in your mind, you're going to be swept away. So you've got to separate what is vile and what is good. And the judgment that's coming from God, allowed by God, is going to do exactly that. God is going to use this moment to separate the wheat from the chaff in his own church. And he's doing it right now. He's doing it. He's saying, who is with me? In character, in nature, in passion, in obedience, willingness to take up their cross and die daily. Who, who's laboring with me? To keep my kingdom principles alive in this world. To expose the darkness in this earth. I want you to know I'm not here to save America. 
That's not my job. I'm here to declare the judgment on America. And since I've been doing this, today is the 20th year anniversary. It was on June 17th, 20 years ago, that I began my journey in radio. It began in K-Praise down in La Jolla, California. K-Praise was the first radio station that I began to minister over the airwaves on. Today is the 20th year for broadcasting. I have never changed my message. I have never turned away and kind of gone with the winds, and if it feels good here, let's do that. I have maintained for 20 years over the airwaves and from behind the pulpit judgment on the United States because that's what God said was coming. And for 20 years, I've watched, and America has been under nothing but judgment. And now we're at a more critical time than ever. All these things are true. My job is to warn Christians, including myself, always three fingers pointing back at me, always aware of that. My job as a watchman is to warn Christians to live a truly Christian life, to abandon false doctrine, to read their Bible. You don't have to be an expert. All you have to do is read and stop listening to what men say. That's not true. Like a pre-tribulational rapture, once saved, always saved. Christians can't have demons, blah, blah, blah. False doctrine, doctrines of demons everywhere intended to disarm God's people from preparing for what's really coming. Always warned the individual, live your life as a Christian. Serve God with your heart. Live towards the Lord, for the Lord. Live for him only. Let your passion, your love, your desire be for him. Repent of all sin. Confess all sin. Turn away from everything and anything externally that is godless. Don't touch the unclean thing. And then get washed internally in your soul through a baptism, an immersion of the Holy Ghost in your life. Get washed in the water of the word of God. Let the blood of Jesus cleanse you from your sin. Let the blood of Jesus speak to the demonic in your soul to dis arm it, to uproot it, to cast it out. Get your salvation worked out, in other words, and become like Jesus in a born-again reality. We've always told that message. But now we find ourselves as Christians in a society, and when things were good and the money was rolling in and prosperity was a great thing, and we were all getting mega churches and mega this and mega that, and we were out there, whoa, and the world wasn't bothering us, that's okay, but things have shifted. Now, they shut the church down for a year. God said, I'm going to allow this to happen. I'm going to see who's who right now, what they're going to do. And now, before the shutdown, we were okay, but we're coming out of this thing. We're not okay anymore. They're going to monitor what we say behind the pulpit on television, so we only better say things that are acceptable to their agenda. Well, what is that going to do to the church? And the people that watch this stuff on television, what are they going to do? So there needs to be little lighthouses. There needs to be lighthouses of truth all over the world. In this nation, there needs to be. But what this leftist agenda wants to do is shut down every lighthouse. They want to put the light out on Internet, on television, on radio, out of the churches, and they want to replace 
those that were once sending forth light with those that will cause the people to sift into the darkness, to drift right into it and to be taken over by it and no truth. You remember it says in Amos, I'm going to send a famine in the land, but it's not of bread and water. It's of hearing the words of God. That famine is at the door because only in Goshen will there be light. Only in the ark will there be a little food, so sustainability resources. There will not be the affording of the words of God in truth for people. And therefore, they will not know which way to go. They will run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, and they will not find it. Amos chapter 8. The only thing you can do is get the word of God in your heart. Pick your Bible up and read it. Study the words of God. Encourage yourself. Build up yourself in your most holy faith. Pray in the Spirit. Operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then work out your salvation. Repent. Get, your, get yourself cleaned up before the Lord internally and in every other area of your life. Work it out. Work it out. You have a great Savior. He loves you with all of your heart. And, and regardless of how many times you fail, if you turn to him, he will pick you up and he will work out a great success in your life. The days are coming. They are they're fast approaching. Some would say they're already here. But in my understanding, we're just beginning to see what people would never have dreamed. And a lot of people in America and around the world, but America, Christian people and churches, they're going to be freaking out because they're going to be saying, wait a second, what are we still doing here? We're not supposed to be subject to persecution. We're not supposed to be here when the Antichrist comes. What are we doing here? We're not supposed to be subject to confiscation and people taking everything from us. What are we doing here? Millions, millions of people on this continent are not going to know what to do with themselves. They have fed so long on lies of no trouble will ever come to us. And yet we are the very generation that have put men and women on stages and hailed them as the heroes, but we ourselves never went outside the church and lifted our voices or let our light shine. It's crazy. So they're going to be standing around by the millions saying, my God, where's this persecution? This antichrist spirit is here. And then they're going to be told, well, you can't buy and you can't sell. You can't pay your taxes, and you can't pay your mortgage, and you can't get gasoline, and there is no banking system for you, and you don't have medical insurance anymore unless you take the mark of the beast. And they're going to wander around going, wait a second. We're not supposed to be here. We're here, and now we can't buy or sell. What are we going to do? What is that mark of the beast? I mean, what do I got to do to buy and sell to, to live normal? Do this? Well, once saved, always saved. I mean, I can't lose my salvation if I take a mark so I could buy or sell. I mean, God fully understands that. So I'll go ahead and take the mark because once they go, always safe. And yet they are willingly ignorant that anybody, according to the word of God, that takes the mark of the beast 
will damn their souls throughout eternity to save their skin in this temporary vapor. It's a big test. It's a big test. The moral outrage of what the left is doing towards little children should have already sent a shaking throughout this land. But because of the silence, because I don't want to get involved in that, it'll go fast forward faster than you've ever dreamed. Right now, some people are taking the video going, look what they're doing. Oh, my gosh, it's so bad what they're doing. But have done nothing to stop it. Try and get some legislation. Hopefully, you live in a good state where your state has a moral standard of what is acceptable and unacceptable, like the state of Arkansas. So far, the state of Arkansas leading the nation, the number one state in the nation, no abortions in Arkansas, except for the mother being critically in in danger. That's it. No abortion here. No transgender people going to get into the sports arena and work. No, no, no. If you're a girl, you're a girl, you're a boy, you're a boy. State of Arkansas. upholding the legislative branch of government in Arkansas, upholding the moral values, holding back the tide until the time comes when the waves come crashing in. But if the people in Arkansas don't stand up and get involved and get in positions of power and really get ready for what's going to come against it, it will wobble and it will feel the force of the satanic. And every other state should be doing the same thing. But there's been such infiltration into the fabric of societies within individual states that they're, they're, they're not strong enough. They can't become cohesive. They can't come together. It, it won't fuse because they've created a division within those states. But the division always with who's going to rule, who's controlling the power. And that's why it's important in every state to have righteous people in positions of power. But now we're living at a time. Now we're living at a time when God may very well be calling those who have stood in the gap, who have been salt and light, who have spoken the truth in love, who have displayed the angst of God's heart to the nations of the earth, who have Expose the darkness, God may very well now be saying to the Moseses and Elijahs of our generation who told Pharaoh that he was way out of line, governmental powers, it's time for God to call his people out. And what we may be witnessing at this moment is a removing of the thing that has stood and declared and decreed and begged for people to repent, who have only mocked and scoffed at the message. And so I believe God's going to start calling people out, not in the pre-tribulational rapture. I believe that he's ready to darken the earth because the words of God will not be heard much longer. Over the airwaves, Right now, you got the Tucker Carlsons. Thank God. Pray for that man. 
You have people out there that are still standing, but the time is coming. And it's probably going to lead to a very definite impact, a massive conflict. And the Bible says in the last days, Jesus said, nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. That means ethnos. Ethnos is the Greek word for nation. And what it means is race. Race shall rise against race. And it's coming. It's not just in the color of one's skin. It's other racial mentalities. Opinions, political persuasions, beliefs contrary one to the other, nature, conflicts, we're there. We're standing at the edge. I'm warning you. We are standing at the edge. That wide road that leads to destruction has come to its end. And now the abyss of destruction and darkness. It's all in the spirit. It's written in the words of God. It's circulating all over the world, and yet people will deny. Why? Because they're afraid. They are afraid. You cannot be an afraid Christian. That's an oxymoron. You can't be a Christian serving God in light and truth and love and compassion and pity and mercy and understanding God's grace and be afraid. You can't. If you are afraid, there's something wrong with your walk with God. Nobody intentionally wants to be harassed, threatened, bullied, especially by their own government. And there's only two, two, two things you can do. If your government starts to harass you and threaten you and bully you, you either run and hide or you stand up to it. And it just appears very plainly to me that there are many people in this nation that are not going to run and hide. They're going to stand up to this bullying. And when they do, that's when they're coming for you. And you need to know that. And that's my story for today. I, I'm, I'm heartbroken. I, I can't believe. I can't believe what's going on in this world. And yet, because I've read the Bible, I'm not surprised. But to see how fast forward, and one says, man, look where we are. But it's taken such a long time to get here, hasn't it? But now we've arrived. We've arrived at a moment of destiny. And there's a fork in the road, and you've got to ask yourself, which way am I going? What are my options? What, what are my choices? And the only option, the only choice for you and I is, God, what do you want me to do right now with my life? And I have to find those instructions biblically, but there's also a real Holy Spirit that gives us wisdom, prophecy, revelation, knowledge on what to do and where to go. 
I mean, Ananias was not reading a book in the book of Acts. No, he was sound asleep in his bed in the middle of the night, and an angel woke him up and said, Ananias, I want you to go to Straight Street, right? That was the Spirit of God. The church needs to be immersed in the revelation and the mind of Christ. We need to be activated around the world right now. And we need to be activated within our nation and know what the heck we're doing. Understanding what's all around us and the pressure. That's the tribulation. Tribulation means pressure, philipsis, affliction, persecution. I've got a call coming in. I'll go the extra mile here today. It's been kind of a rough start, but let's say hello to our friends at 916. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning, Pastor Vincent. Good morning, Sir Mark. How are you? I'm doing all right. Good to good to see you on the airwaves and good to hear your voice this morning. Well, thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Well, sir, I've got a couple of comments to make. Okay. So, my my heart breaks for young people today. The reason I say that is because if you look back <clears throat> before the advent of smartphones, the main avenue of telecommunication was the regular little telephone, but the main avenue of the... Um, dissemination of information in this country and around the world was the television set. And we, we already know, we do understand that Satan took command of the airwaves very early on in the process, starting in the 1950s, also in Hollywood, where cussing and swearing became normal, became accepted in Hollywood, and Hollywood put out over the airwaves, cussing and swearing, and then we began to see the advent of sexual imagery, nudity, um, sexual innuendo. You know, double entendre became the norm in the sitcoms on television and with the canned laughter that was accompanying that. The United States of America was repeatedly and constantly exposed to sinful behavior. and Satan knows, and the media executives who are driven demonically, they know that just the sheer process of repetition is what makes imagery normal for people. Uh, you've already discussed it, you know, many different times, conditioning. Um, I don't remember the, the actual terminology you used, Pastor, but it's about how if you repeatedly expose a person to a specific type of imagery, then that person becomes conditioned to that imagery and they no longer object to it. So we had television as the main input source for people. Then along, you know, parents did have a little bit of control over that. <clears throat> if a parent, if mom or dad walked into the room and Johnny and Susie was watching something that the parent did not approve of on the television, mom and dad, they had the option of changing the channel or turning off the television and diverting the child's attention to something else, something less destructive. 
These days, however, because every kid in the world, or at least every kid in the United States has their own smartphone, mom and dad have absolutely no control over what those children are being exposed to via the media, via the airwaves. So everywhere you look, you see kids, and when I say kids, I mean young people, people in their 20s and and below, walking down the street, walking down the sidewalk, staring at their smartphone. The problem with this is that Satan speaks so much more loudly via the media than the Holy Spirit speaks. A person has to really, really, really put away things of the world and sit still and ask the Holy Spirit to whisper to that person. The Holy Spirit whispers to every person, especially those who believe. There's a whispering there, but it's a quiet whispering, and it's not easy to hear unless you really are willing to hear it. But the smartphone, the media, the news, the movies... The imagery, they're so much easier to access and they're so much more attractive and they're so much louder than the whispering of the Holy Spirit. And my heart breaks for young people because young people don't have it easy today. They just, by habit and by coercion, they just don't really have much access to the Holy Spirit unless they really are motivated to reach out and be quiet and ask the Holy Spirit to start whispering a little bit more loudly. I praise God that his Holy Spirit whispered to me as persistently as he did. And I mean over a period of decades, the Holy Spirit whispered to me to come to Jesus. And despite all of the sinful stuff that I was involved in, and despite all of the attention that I paid to popular media, television, and movies. By the grace of God, the whispering of the Holy Spirit got louder and louder and louder. And thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came and scooped me up out of the world. Thank you, Lord. And so my prayer for young people today is that somehow the Holy Spirit would whisper louder and louder and louder and even more persistently than does the than the screaming of the news media and popular media, movies and smartphones and TV. My prayer is that young people will be reached somehow by the Holy Spirit. That, sir, is my story, and I'm sticking to it. I love it. I love it, Mark. Thank you for sharing your insights, and thank you for your commentary on what we're talking about today. It takes a bold man to do that. Thank you so much. God bless you. And um, Welcome, brother, God bless you. All right. Yeah, thank you. I love it. I love it when intelligent people share their thoughts and ideas. If you had any questions or comments, you could always call in. I want to comment on one, one uh, chat room thing that came in here. I'm wondering what our sister Barbara Dixon was actually saying when she said they came out of the closet into a glass house. They came out of the closet. I would love for you, Barbara, if you would explain that maybe in chat or give us a call at 818-369-0326, 818-369-0326, press one on the dial pad, because I think I'm understanding what you're saying, that uh, we were talking about people that were doing dark deeds, but they were in the closet, 
and now they've come out into a glass house. And I think the, the expression about living in a glass house is that people are fault finding, throwing stones and all these different things. Uh, I perceive it a little bit differently. I believe that we're all going to stand before the light of the world and we're going to be exposed for every little thing, every word we've said, are the thoughts of our heart. We're definitely going to go before the light of the world. And so I wouldn't personally, if I'm understanding properly, use uh, the negative that we, the people, the evil has come out of the closet into a, uh, into a glass house, meaning that now that evil people are out of the darkness and they're in the light, that uh, the wrong people are exposing their darkness. I hope that's not what we're talking about but maybe you can explain that on some broadcast. Anyways, that's going to be it for me today. We're going to continue on tomorrow. We'll see you, and then it will be Friday. Have a super blessed day right now on Omega Radio, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's a roundtable discussion right now. Patricia Joy Xavier ministers out of her book, Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights, with her roundtable group. You're going to love it. OmegaRadio.org. Have a super blessed day. Until we meet again, shalom.